is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauty Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Day, and the CEO of Beauty Boss Network, your go-to resource to find everything that you need to help you break out, to help you ball out, and to help you blossom into the beauty boss of your dreams. Beauty Boss Network. I am super excited about this week's podcast because we're kind of shaking things up a little bit. As you know, we've had on pretty much every type of beauty expert you can think of from Reggie Wells, Oprah Winfrey's makeup artist of 40 years, to AJ Crimson, the developer of the number one makeup brand, to Kelly Baker, the arch artist behind Hollywood's most beautiful eyebrows, and Miley Pacheco, the developer of the number one mobile beauty app. And yes, hair, makeup, and brows is all beautiful, and that's what we're all about. But it doesn't stop there. Beauty starts with fitness and health. And so to shake things up, we're taking beauty back to the beginning by bringing in our first ever fitness and health guru. I am so honored to call this amazing guest today, one of my friends, and so excited to share her with you today. Tana Eubanks McCoy is not just a fitness guru, you guys. She's also a fitness model who has graced the cover of Oxygen Magazine as well as countless other magazine spreads. She is an IFBB pro athlete, a fashion blogger, a social media influencer, a motivational speaker, and most recently, a top 35 finalist of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition model search. So, she is pretty much everything. And what I love most about Tana is she doesn't only motivate you to work for the body of your dreams through her following and social media influence, but she also inspires women to love their body through every step of their journey. Tana, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. I have chills right now because first of all, I can't even believe I'm on this podcast. (laughs) I am beyond honored. And secondly, that was one heck of an intro and I feel (laughs) so honored and just I thank you so much for letting me be a part of that. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You are like the perfect fit for the Beauty Boss podcast because it's really what's so unique about you in the fitness space is that it's not just about the physique. It's really about loving yourself through every step of the way. And I know you firsthand have had to do a lot of work to really love yourself through every single type of physique that you've had throughout your career. And so I want to kind of give our viewers or listeners a little bit of backstory on you. So can you tell us when you started in the fitness industry and how you broke into it? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I've been on stage my entire life. I've done some sort of performing. I've always been an athlete. So, you know, I was in gymnastics and dance and and tap, jazz, ballet, you name it, any of that. Uh, Volleyball, I was a track star, did high jump, cheerleading. Uh, I was into beauty pageants. And then um, that was all throughout school in my younger days, you know, since I was like three years old. And uh, whenever I graduated high school, I moved uh, from Waco, Texas to Dallas, Texas, because I knew I wanted bigger things in life. (laughs) I wanted more, more, more. And, you know, being in a small town, um, it's kind of, uh, you know, limited. So I packed my bags and I moved up to Dallas and started going to school. And um, I ended up, you know, kind of 
bored and I was like, okay, I can't just go to school. Like, I, I miss the performance and I miss being an athlete of some nature. So I need to do something. So um, I got into actually doing uh, swimsuit pageants, like Hawaiian Tropic pageants and just kind of the beauty pageants, but just only the swimsuit portion um, of the world. And then um, I was doing one of those uh, competitions where um, I ended up meeting my now husband, Greg, um, <laughs> who was a judge for one of those shows. And um, he waited for me after this show. And, uh, you know, obviously he, he wanted to give me his business card for um, more than just, you know, trying to introduce me into the fitness world. But his, his line was, I think you would be great for the fitness industry. I think you would be a great bikini competitor. Um, which that was back in 2010, and at that point, the division that I am in now, um, the NPC and IFBB, the bikini division, was very, very new. It has only been, you know, about two years old. Wow. And uh, I, uh, I, you know, at first I was like, okay, who is this guy giving me his business card? What's going on? Um, but that's how it started right then and there because I ended up emailing him because I was like, wow, fitness and swimsuit, like that's everything that I'm about. Where can I sign up? Like I, this is what I've been looking for. And um, we started training for my first show within the next couple weeks, and I competed in my first NPC show um, June 2010, and I won the overall, um, and that qualified me for a national-level show, which then I competed in um, a few national-level shows where I turned pro, and then that's how it got started. So in 2011 is where I turned pro, and the rest is really kind of history and still in the making. <laughs> that is such a cool story, and I think that it really kind of speaks to really just going for it, not knowing what's to come of it, but you knew you wanted something bigger, you made it happen, and you kind of took every opportunity that came your way until your purpose kind of fell in your lap. So I love that story and what you're all about. And so, can you kind of talk to me a little bit more about, you know, transitioning into fitness more competitively and um, what that transition was like for you? Because you did it as a hobby, but you really turned it into a career. So how does one go from starting off in these bikini fitness competitions, then evolving into being like a fitness maven, social media influencer, pro athlete with sponsors? And, you know, that's such a huge jump in such a short amount of time. Absolutely. And that's, um, you know, that's kind of uh, something that I learned along the way, you know, whenever I first started to compete, like obviously competing and getting into the fitness industry in a competitive way has helped me become um, the, you know, uh, fitness professional that I am today. Um, if I hadn't walked through that door, then I probably wouldn't have gotten, you know, into these magazine spreads and become so knowledgeable in it because I just, uh, you know, d didn't have that goal. And that's why I loved competing was, uh, you know, it, it had a goal for me to go towards and not just... You know, for me, growing up being an athlete my entire life, for me to just be like, yeah, I think I'm just going to get in shape just because, 
that was rather hard. I needed like a really specific goal to aim for. And I knew that about myself. And so that's how I fell so in love with um, competing. But as I started to compete, and especially as I, you know, whenever I turned pro and I started competing as a professional, a lot of opportunities open up um, within the fitness industry, especially because, um, you know, you have this niche look that's great for um, magazines and um, videoing uh, for, you know, online um, magazines as well or, um, like, their YouTube channels, et cetera. So um, doors honestly just started kind of opening, and I have always been the type to just say, oh, my gosh, that's opened, I must go. Like, you don't just sit there and stare at the doorway. Like, you just jump on it and go. And once I did, one led to another, which led to another. Um, But, you know, it was my first magazine spread that I did um, in 2011 at my first national show. I actually just kind of walked in on it, and I was standing there watching my friend who was a bodybuilder, and he was shooting for the magazine, and the photographer was like, you look really great. You should jump in here. And I was like, um, okay, I have a <laughs> swimsuit in my bag, you know? Like, so I just went and grabbed my swimsuit, and I ended up getting my first magazine spread uh, in this magazine just because of the fact that I was standing there watching you know, my friend do the photo shoot. So, you know, like opportunities like that and always kind of opened up along the way. Um, But, you know, that was just at the beginning of me competing. And then once you kind of uh, make a name for yourself or I had made a name for myself through, um, you know, my, my days on stage, I also started to elevate that through not just competing, but I was like, you know, wanting to share fitness and what I have learned along the way, because not everybody wants to be a competitor, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I, I know several of our listeners don't necessarily want to be a competitor, but they want to be their best self. And, you know, you, you and I have had the opportunity to, to get, you know, a little bit more deeper into your story and, you know, just that kind of self-discovery of self-love along the way. So, you know, with wanting to share what you've learned, can you tell us, like, what's the biggest takeaway or the biggest lesson you've learned um, through your journey as a fitness professional? It honestly, today, right now, is to actually and truly love myself and the, and my body for what it is, no matter what stage it is in. Because especially for me, um, you know, for an extreme <laughs> body changing um, of getting on stage and having to look a specific way to being off stage, that's actually been a really big uh, struggle of mine. And it's taking me many years up until now to really, truly love my body for every stage that it's gone through. Because in that moment, it's hard to tell yourself when you're not in that prim and prop stage of being super lean, that it's still a great body and you're healthy and you're happy. Just because you're not that same size doesn't mean that it's not a good body. But that's always been a, a struggle of mine. And now 
um, that I have been off of the stage for a few years now and just been doing what made me happy, and that was getting in the gym and crushing my workouts and feeling good because endorphins are real, um, <laughs> and, and they make you feel amazing, and I forgot that along the way, and uh, now it's just, you know, me um, – me loving myself as I am, no matter what. And uh, that's my biggest thing that I've learned um, is uh, taking care of my body and being healthy and happy, not just focusing and being infatuated with the way that it looks or the number on the scale or what size pants I'm wearing today. Um, It's really loving yourself. And I love you for speaking on that because I actually, you know this, my listeners don't know this, but I did my one and only fitness competition two years ago. Tana, you were my posing coach and really guided me through that because that was a really scary thing. And I have so much respect for what you do having done that because dang, girl, that is like, that is on another level. But what I think my biggest aha moment from you know, getting on stage was realizing and learning that that whole time I was working towards that goal body, that stage body, only to really learn that that's not a maintainable, healthy physique. And so sometimes these society standards of beauty really are unrealistic and we hold ourselves to this really unrealistic standard that we have to be, like you said, just super lean and perfect all the time. And you really just have to do it for you and not because of anybody else or what society's you know, claims is the perfect physique because there is no one perfect physique. And so, um, you know, I think it's really beautiful that you speak to that and you really embrace it, not just, you know, as you speak on it, but even on your page and showing, you know, all the different styles and ways to wear different outfits, um, regardless of how lean you aren't or are. So I think that that's really cool. And I also want to bounce back for a moment to one thing that you said earlier that um, is really inspiring. And if there's one takeaway I'm going to take from today. Um, It's not just seeing the doors open and admiring the open door. It's going through the door. (laughs) Not only. Absolutely. Yeah. Like not only seeing opportunities, but seizing opportunities is so key to your success. And so many of us see them, but we don't act on them. And you have always been somebody that you see an opportunity and you like go for it. You plan, you do, you review, you go above and beyond and put everything you've got into any opportunity that comes your way. So, um, you know, what do you attribute that to? Because I think a lot of our viewers, they like they would like to be that way, but at the end of the day, they let fear get in the way. Do you ever get scared to act on things, and how do you overcome it? That is, you know, and that's my whole thing that I'm, like, you know, trying to just do more of is because I did go through that phase. Here not too long ago, um, you know, Things would open up, and I was scared of rejection. I was scared of trying to go for something and then it not working out or, um, you know, whatever that goal is, you know, because everybody has different goals, no matter what it is, if it's applying to a different college, you know, up to, you know, with me, it was like auditioning for a magazine or this role for a commercial or something, you know, like it's just I went through that, well, what if? I don't get it, or what if I try and I fail? But what if? And 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 what I found is that the what if on that was far worse 
then the or my what if I'm sorry I'm like trying to get confused here but <laughs> no, um, I'm following my you. the what if of wondering what if I had done that was far worse than doing it and getting rejected yes so me sitting around and waiting and not doing it felt way worse than me doing it and then getting rejected because at least I knew I gave it my best and at least I tried and I don't have to sit here for the rest of my life going hmm you know what what if I had done that just what if I don't ever want to feel that way I want to know you know what I tried that it didn't work but at least I know yep absolutely I love that and I think that that is Probably, you know, the number one thing at least I've encountered from people that I speak to within our network that want to go after their dreams. And I just, I I don't know about you, but I encounter so many talkers and not enough doers, you know, and they say Mm -hmm. they want something, but then they don't act on it. And, it. And a lot of times it's because of fear. But to your point, like, what if you did it? And it all worked out, you know, and that living with yourself and never knowing is probably worse than that rejection for sure. So I love how you explain that and put that in a way that is kind of like, dang, like, what do I have to lose? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because there were many opportunities at this one point. I mean, there were many opportunities that kept coming up and I kept rejecting them or saying no, or I just wasn't motivated at the time or, you know, whatever it was. And I look, looking back, I was like, dang, you know, I missed out on this opportunity or I knew somebody who um, got to do what I missed out on, you know, and I regretted it. And I don't want to look back on anything and not think that I didn't give it a try or didn't give it my all. I want to know in my heart, in my head that, you know, I did this and it didn't work out or I did this and now look where I am. And I'm finding more than not that that is happening, not the rejection. But because I went for it, good things are coming out of it. Whether it was that specific thing or something, it led to something else, it's opening up more doors. So just go for it. Just go for it because it's going to turn out better in the end. I'm going for it, girl. Me too. I'm going to keep going for it. It's working. It's working. Yes, honey. Do your thing. I saw you also today just announced that you're like in the top, what was it? The top 30 group for Maxim's Finest. And we're all voting like every day. So exciting. Good. Thank you. Keep those votes coming because it's still, uh, there's still a process. But yes, I just found out today that within my group, there's a bunch of different groups, but within my group, I made the top 30 cut. So um, that's pretty, pretty that's awesome huge. coming from uh, Sports Illustrated top 35 to Maxim. So we're, we're just, we're just going with it. Hey, you know what? I just realized Sports Illustrated top 35 maximum top 30 like everything that you push yourself through you go farther each time so as long as you as long as you fall seven times but you stand up eight right you're always going to get a little farther each and every time and that's just the perfect example of that right there which is really cool so I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and kind of, I want to talk about you as a boss right we know that you're a fitness badass, but you're also a beauty boss in the fitness world. And you have taken your following and you've really turned it into a business. You utilize social media in a way that you, that most people just really dream of. So can you kind of 
tell me what your top few nuggets or secrets are to really rocking out your social media like a boss? Yeah. So, you know, and for me, it's always a learning process, right? Because social media is constantly changing. And so with that being said, I noticed that I'm always having to stay on top of it. I can't just let myself get behind and then relearn social media along the way. Like, you got to stay with it. So it's going to continue to grow, and you're going to need to stay along with it and grow with it, too. Um, And then also... um, the overall look and feel of your social media is so important. If you if you have anything that's questionable or if it's not just, you know, I'm all about perfection. Um, I think that's also kind of maybe a little bit of a flaw of mine <laughs> is that I'm so much of a perfectionist. It's a blessing and a um, curse. <laughs> it, it really is. But it will help you go further in your social media because, I mean, social media these days is all about the picture. So if it's not perfect, then, you know, it, it's probably not worth putting it up, whether it's, you know, a picture or a video or anything. So um, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm all about perfecting each um, thing that I have going out there. And uh, probably... Yeah, those are my two main things is just staying on top of what's happening and, and being relevant and um, making making sure everything looks and feels good. Because nowadays the, the <laughs> human brain has a, a goldfish <laughs> brain and uh, it's, uh, it loses its attention quick. So you got to be prim and prop to get that attention. Nice. That's really good advice. Do you have any tools that you like to utilize or secrets in your tool belt that you like to pull from to help you perfect your content, whether it be a book or an app um, that you've utilized for inspiration or helping you really tighten up your social media? Yeah. So to clean up my my, uh, pictures and just the way that everything looked, I actually did a little research and I followed this blogger, um, her her uh, blog is called Song of Style, and um, I actually just found her through Instagram, and um, she has her whole blog is about um, fashion and, and styling, but mainly on how to better your social media, wow. and so she actually wrote a book on it, and um, I think it's uh, called Capture Your Style by Ami Song, and I read that whole book, and it really, really helped me on um, how to make my Instagram and everything flow better, look better, take better pictures, um, just really learn different techniques, and all with your iPhone. Um, That was the best thing for me was like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to get this like super duper fancy camera or have a photographer follow me everywhere? Because let's be real, nobody has, like, not everybody has that um, money. Um, for their social for media. Starters, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for money for starters to have somebody follow you around like that or time. Uh, so 
you know, it was really cool that you can do everything with your iPhone, and that's what I use is my iPhone. And um, she even has some uh, fun little apps in there that are great um, that uh, really helped turn around and really help my page uh, look great. I love that because, you know, there are a ton of bloggers and social media influencers that, you know, they do have a really fancy camera. And, yeah, it can definitely make a difference, especially if you're somebody that is a makeup artist um, and you're doing, like, really tight images and you really want that crisp, clean detail. But there's also ways around it, and there's obviously really successful bloggers out there like Ami Song who have perfected the art of building a great Instagram following using an iPhone. And you don't have to go get a camera, but... I mean, ironically, an iPhone and a fancy camera are getting closer and closer in price because I just found out that the new iPhone is a freaking thousand dollars and I'm not happy about it. But that's a whole other podcast topic and I won't get on that rant right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Somebody just got back from the AT&T store. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, can you tell I'm a little salty or not? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right, Tana. Well, I'm also curious to know another fun um, fact about you. Not a fact, actually, but really kind of to get into your brain a little bit. Because, you know, you do speak to women that are not necessarily wanting to be competitors. And so for those women that might listen to you or see you on social media as such an intense, you know, athlete, um, what would you say is... um, your advice to somebody that, you know, wants to be fit and healthy, but doesn't, can't make it quite the same lifestyle that, that someone like you has. Right. I think, um, I, I love speaking about this too, because I want, it's like, it's like my goal to make everybody in life a little bit fit and a little bit healthier, right? Like it's not about, you know, being ripped up and shredded and just powerlifting, all this weight in the gym. It's just doing what is best for you. And I think that everybody needs to know that you got to find out what's best for you. Don't try to go into the gym and just go all out and do what somebody that you're following, you know, on social media, if you're following this girl who's just totally ripped up and you totally admire her and you go in there and you try to do her workout completely, it probably won't work totally for you if you're not used to going into the gym. You have to be realistic with yourself and set realistic goals. And that sometimes means taking baby steps. Um, So you have to just kind of uh, remind yourself, you know, that you are your own individual person, and so is everybody else. So everybody's doing something um, that's best for them. So you need to do that for you as well. And if that means that you don't work out at all, but you want to start working out and getting fit and healthy, then start out slow. Go to the gym once a week, twice a week. Make it work for you. It's going to take time for you to figure out what works with your schedule. I know there's a lot of moms out there who are working full time and then have to get the kids from school and take them to practice or recital or something and then come home and cook. It's like, where did the time go? Now I have to go to the gym. Well, maybe you do it on a different day. Maybe you work out for to start with on the weekends, on your days off. 
you just have to figure out what's going to work for you and try not to overwhelm yourself because I feel that that's where people usually give up as they try to go all out five days a week, six days a week in the gym. They're trying to squeeze it in, and they just get burnt out. So take your time. Figure out what works best for you. And um, try not to do things just by yourself either. If you can afford it or if you do have, um, you know, the time or knowledge with somebody, get somebody who knows. Get a trainer or a friend or a coach or somebody that can help you and guide you along the way because it can be overwhelming and uh, that can be, you know, a, a real deal breaker for some people. Oh, my gosh, for sure. I remember actually doing exactly what you just talked about and trying a workout that someone posted online that was super fit and ripped. And I did it, and I felt like I was dying, but I did it, and I felt really accomplished. Um, But then I, like, literally couldn't walk for a week. (laughs) Like, getting on and off of the toilet to go to the bathroom was a production and just, like, going upstairs was literally not— happening so I was crawling it was crazy and then I didn't like I could it took like a full week for my muscles to recover and I was like scared to go back yeah <laughs> like, I can't yeah, do this exactly. again <laughs> yeah and and that's exactly what I mean is like you know it's like be smart about it and uh, know where you are and it's okay right like it's okay if you have to start very beginner and maybe you only go once a week because you are a little bit sore you know that's okay you have to you know you have to start somewhere everybody has to start somewhere um but you just want to be smart about it and you know especially like you were saying like you just went in there and started doing it full out and then you were extra sore so it took you a while and then you were scared but then it could also uh, be scary in a different way and you could have some sort of injury and then you're really not going to be able right. to come back to the gym. So, right. you know, it's important for all different levels, mentally, physically, um, for you morally, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for your um, ego, you know. So just, you know, taking baby steps and being realistic with yourself is, I think, super important and um, just finding out what works best for you. And what's your why, Tana, as my kind of final wrap-up question, what's your why behind your passion for fitness and sharing it with other women? There is nothing more empowering to me, right? Taking care of yourself and mentally and physically. I mean, you know, the endorphins are real, like I was saying earlier. You feel great after you work out. You're on this sense of, you know, high, which is stimulating your brain, and that's going to make you work better, which is then going to bring in the dollar sign. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just taking care of yourself um, in the gym is going to help far more than just the way that you look. And I just think that that's so empowering, and I think that that should be so important for women, um, you know, for phys- for mentally, but then, you know, to take care of yourself physically, live longer, you know, life's great, so let's stick around for a while, so take Absolutely. care of yourself. Absolutely, and you know, and that's something, too, that I think that we as women especially are really bad about is kind of the, the whole you know, um, metaphor we were speaking on earlier, um, you know, 
not metaphor, that's the wrong word, but example, rather, of what we were speaking on earlier about yeah. having, yeah. you know, being a mom and you've got kids and kids have practice and you got to do this, you got to do dinner. But you know what? There's you too. Like you have to make yourself a priority and it's not ever going to be easy. So you have to prioritize yourself because you matter too. And so, you know, taking that time for yourself is not vain. Self-care is not selfish. It's just about really, like you said, being your, just taking care of yourself and doing what you need for your mind and your body and, you know, your family ultimately is who's going to benefit because you're going to be able to hang around longer and be active longer. So, gosh, so many takeaways on today's podcast from loving yourself and being comfortable and confident in yourself to taking care of yourself to not comparing yourself to someone else's middle, you know, if you're at the beginning, to even not just seeing opportunities in front of you, but seizing them and really going for them full out and not being afraid of the what if, because the what if you would ask yourself if you didn't go for it is far worse than the rejection that you would have gotten potentially if you just went for it. And maybe you wouldn't have been rejected after all. So Tana, keep inspiring. You inspire me and I know our listeners are inspired and I am really excited because we are also going to be featuring you at our upcoming event here in Dallas. So if you guys are inspired by Tana, you want to hear more about her story, she's going to be sitting on a panel with us talking more about mindset, her marketing strategies, as well as making that money, honey. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for having me apart. This was so fun, and uh, I really look forward to the event coming up. And uh, I look forward to meeting everybody who's listening and uh, maybe some possible others. So thank you again so much. Absolutely. You're a rock star, Tana. Thank you for your time. And All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) OMG, use a bomb. Beauty Boss Network. Come on, slay, boss. This episode is brought to you by Mustav. More than makeup. My Mustav must-have of the week is my mood therapy mask. Boost your mood with a Mustav face mask. Check it out on their Instagram account at Mustav underscore USA. That's at M-U-S-T-A-E-V underscore USA. This is the EWN Podcast Network.